This podcast is part of the Podbelly Network. Please visit podbelly.com to see a complete listing of all of our other shows. It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mix in just a little bit of twain. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries, eh? Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host. Jerry and Tracy Polly and their dog Ninja. Hey guys, welcome to episode 239 of Hillbilly Horror Stories. I'm Jerry. And I'm Tracy. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Everybody. Yes. And you too, babe. Thank you. I love you. I love you too, babe. <clears throat> As usual, we want to thank all of our military and civil servants. All over the world, no matter which country you represent, thank you guys for everything you do to help keep us in a free world. Yes, thank you guys. Happy Valentine's Day to you all. And um, keep being our angels, and we keep praying for you all every day. We love you. This is another one of the episodes that are going to be sponsored by Talkspace, which fits in perfect to uh, the part where we actually tell people that if you need to talk to someone, there's always someone out there. Now, obviously, you can talk to Tracy and myself if you're having a rough time, if you're struggling through COVID or uh, any other thing that that might be causing you difficulties in life right now. A lot of people are out of jobs. A lot of people are struggling financially. There are people out there that you can talk to. You can talk to us. You can talk to the group. uh, Or you can talk to Talkspace, which I'll give you some information on a little bit later. And Tracy, if uh, they needed to to speak to the suicide hotline, what number would they call? 1-800-273-8255 or you can text them at 741-741. The most important thing is just talk to someone. Yes. Please. Anytime, day or night, we're here for you. Also, we want to mention real quick that this episode is brought to you by El Yucateco Hot Sauce, the number one habanero-based hot sauce in the United States. Top 10 in all hot sauces. You can get it at most major grocers or you can pick some up at lucateco.com, use the code HillbillyHorror and get 10% off. There you go. All right. Tracy, I'm excited about this this episode. Good. I'm excited about all the episodes. Well, I'm glad to hear that. No, I'm just saying, though. Yeah. I like, I like them all. Well, there you go. Hopefully, I'm excited, too. At the end of this episode, we're going to have uh, some information on some live events that we just got started. So yeah, very uh, stay, stay tuned uh, for that and then some special shout outs and stuff. Before we get too far into this story, I do want to mention our friend Lee Sowell from uh, Realm of the Supernatural. Mm-hmm. He has a new podcast out and he needs your help. Yes. It's called When Cryptids Call. <laughs> I love that. And he, what it is, is if you've had a cryptid sighting, he wants you to send him a message and he'll set something up to be able to record, um, I guess over Zoom or something like that, to record and, and get your story and put it up on the podcast. How fun is that? Tracy, what's the email that they would send uh, to Lee if they have a question? What's that email address? It is whencryptidscall at gmail.com. Simple enough. It is very simple. You guys give Lee a shout. He's awesome awesome dude so it'll and be I'll put, exciting i'll put that email in the show notes too so if you yeah. if you don't catch it which it seems pretty simple it's mm-hmm. the show okay tracy we are going to do pugan's porch today pugan 
Okay. I just want to make sure that you say that. <laughs> I, I knew you had that look. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the city that we're going to talk about tonight, which is kind of odd that we haven't talked way more about it for as well known as it is for paranormal activities, is Charleston, South Carolina. Obviously, we had a show set up there last year and we had to cancel it yeah, because of COVID. But we've only done, I think, the battery carriage in an episode. And then we did an extremely short version of tonight's episode on one of the little midweek bonuses. Okay. And this story really deserved a lot more attention. And I know that there are a thousand other places that we could have done in Charleston instead of redoing one that we've already done. But I felt like that, like I said, those little midweek episodes we were doing, we were doing like a little 10-minute story. Mm -hmm. And and then we were doing an interview. And this one just kind of got glossed over. So I wanted to give it the respect that it deserves. I don't even remember it. um, (laughs) You'll remember somebody when we get into it. Okay. And then we'll probably do a Charleston story on uh, one of the future Dead Time Story episodes somewhere down the road. Good. So... All right, so the city of Charleston was founded in 1670, and it was a focal point of the British colonization. So you talk about a city with every type of history imaginable, that would be Charleston, South Carolina. They have seen the American Revolution, the slave trade, the Civil War, and pirates. Wow, that is a lot. Being right there on the on the coast, being a port city, they have seen it all. That's pretty exciting. Then you take into consideration how many lives have been lost just in a city that old, and it really is no surprise that they have the abundance of paranormal activity that yeah, they have there. That's pretty sad, though. So we're not going to spend a lot of time on the actual city of Charleston today, other than what we did, but we will focus on a very haunted restaurant called Pugin's Porch. We'll have to eat there. We might when we go to the... Um, St. Augustine, we might stop into Charleston on the way down. That'd be fun. I'd like to do that. Pugin's Porch was not always a restaurant. It was originally built as a luxurious residence on Queen Street in 1888. When it was built, it became part of an emerging neighborhood of single-family residences there. So a lot of the places there were like apartment buildings and stuff like that. So this Mm -hmm. was a new neighborhood of actual just one, you know, one-family residence. one-unit things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm not exactly sure who lived in the house at the very start, but the subject of our story lived there in the early 1900s. This would be none other than Zoe St. Amand. Now, Zoe was born in Charleston in 1879. Her father, Emil, was a traveling salesman, so he was hardly ever at home. Her mother, also named Zoe, passed away when she was only six years old. Oh, dang. The daughter, not the mom. It'd be hard for her to have a daughter. She passed away at six. You feel me? Yeah, I feel you. I do. <laughs> sorry, sorry. For most of Zoe's life, she would be a recluse, with her only really, really close friend being her sister Elizabeth, who everyone called Liz. Now, she was two years older than Zoe, and they were inseparable almost from birth. Oh my gosh, she probably had to be. There was nobody there to take care of them. Now, their father passed away in 1907. After that, the sisters continued to live together in various locations in the city. They lived together for a grand total of 66 years of their life. Oh, I love that. The very last place that they lived together was on 72 Queen Street, which is now Pugin's Porch Restaurant. So the two sisters never married, obviously. I was getting ready to ask you yeah. if they married. I guess they couldn't, I reckon. No. I mean, I guess they, I mean, I guess they could have. They just chose not to. They were t- content to pretty much keep to themselves. 
They rarely left the house. Why? Except for to go to work. What? Just, I guess what people just choose to do sometimes. Zoe was a school teacher, and she didn't really go for that Southern Belle stereotype um, looks, as you would think, <laughs> even mm-hmm. though it was Charleston, South Carolina. And this time, most of them would have wore the big fancy dresses and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Was she more tomboyish or something? Well, she didn't really care much for the society pressures of the South's uh, beauty standards back then. Mm-hmm. In fact, she dressed more like a Puritan with a long black high neck dress, wire rimmed black glasses, and she wore her hair in a tight bun. Yeah, what about it? Well, tighter than what you do. Your your thing's not really a bun per se. Oh my gosh, you just said that <laughs> I know. out loud. But it's but it's not what you think it is either. So, what do there's, you think it is? A horse's tail? Well, you think it's a ponytail, but there's not enough hair sticking out. It looks like <laughs> it looks like the top of your head exploded, and somebody took a picture. <laughs> In mid-explosion is what it looks like when you, when you put it on top of your head. But it's closer to a bun than what it is a ponytail. So like in the cartoons when the dynamite goes off and their hair's all sticking out? Yeah, it's more like pebbles. Oh, pebbles from, is cute. But And, you know, for an infant, yeah. But you're an adult. Anyways. Don't be hating. <laughs> her style of dress made her appear decades older than what she really was. Oh, Liz was also a teacher. She taught art. Now, Zoe taught grade school at the craft school, which was right around the corner from where they actually lived. Teaching was her entire life, and she didn't allow time for friends or anything else. Liz was not as much of a recluse as Zoe was. She actually had a group of bohemian friends that she liked to spend a lot of time with. Zoe and Liz moved into this house in the early 1900s, and they spent... Between 30 and 40 years, or there's some questions on mm-hmm. exactly when they moved in, but it was between 30 and 40 years at this house. Mr. and Miss Deary lived in the exact same house on the top floor in the 1930s, while the sisters lived down on the bottom floor. So the Deary said that Zoe was a very eccentric woman, and she was, according to at least some of her students, very brilliant, but strange, and spoke with an English accent for whatever reason. Fun. <laughs> Neither of the sisters married, so they developed a reputation as spinsters in the neighborhood. You know what a spinster is? Well, somebody that don't marry? Technically. Older lady that don't marry? Technically. If you're unfamiliar with that term, it's basically a woman who is past the age that a normal woman would have been married. And like in today's age, they start... If somebody's referred to as a spinster, it's actually a little more negative because they start referring to them as more like promiscuous and... Ho-like? Yes. We'll say ho-like. That, you know, just chose not to get married because they want to spend their time bouncing around, so to speak. Ah. Zoe's only real love in life, other than her sister, was her black and white cat, Bonami. I don't know why she named it that. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Don't don't get dirty. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Bonum. Bonamy. <laughs> That's She gross. was a spinster. Now you know how these reputations get started. <laughs> he lived to be 23 years old and died in the early 1940s. What the hell? That's an old cat. A lot of cats live to be Not around that 20. old. Yeah, a lot of cats do. Are you kidding? No, a lot of cats live to be like 20 to 25. I thought they were like 18 or something like that. Well, that's not too far off. Dang. 
look, she got so lucky to have that cat so long. Right. Aw. So obviously Must you been on that boning. Obviously, stop it. <laughs> obviously, you could imagine she was devastated at the loss of her companion. Oh my gosh, I would have been too. But nothing could compare to what happened a few years later in 1945. Liz became ill and passed away. Oh. Now, without her cat and her sister, Zoe slipped into a very dark spot into her life. Oh my goodness. Why'd her sister die? I don't know. They said she became ill. I couldn't find an actual cause. So Zoe quit teaching and she continued to live alone in that same house on Queen Street. She was rarely seen at this point. Oh, I'm sure. She probably secluded herself forever. And she did. And her mental health deteriorated quickly in the isolation. At this point, the only time she was really seen, it was in the upstairs window. She would call out to passerbys that were walking to come in and visit with her. Oh, poor thing. And then she would also yell out her sister's name as she wandered down the street. <gasps> so she just walked down the street yelling her sister's name, kind of looking for her. Did, did I, people talk to her? I, well, I think her neighbors decided that she probably didn't need to be living there. And some friends of her family, they got together and they made the, the, the tough decision to have her placed into old Francis Hospital. But why didn't she just get another cat? Well, I'm I'm sure at this point she probably had Alzheimer's or dementia Aww, or something of that, that nature. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, that's so sad. So she was at St. Francis Hospital, and this is where she spent the last two years of her life. This is where many of the Catholic women of Charleston uh, that were widows uh, would actually, or, or spinsters right. would actually end up at if they didn't have any family. I mean, it might not have been so bad if they could all just been friends. And, you know, in, in, yeah. their, in right mind, I guess. Zoe St. Amand died quickly in the winter of 1954, nine years after her sister's death. She is buried at St. Lawrence Cemetery next to her sister Liz and close to her parents, who she barely knew. Oh, my gosh. Her death was hardly even acknowledged, even at the craft school where she worked for nearly 50 years. Now, see, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I Why didn't would get, they not do that? I didn't get that when I saw that. I didn't understand how you could work somewhere for 50 years and just like, eh, oh, well, no biggie. Oh, my now, gosh. Now, I don't know how long it was after she left the school from the time she died. If right. there was like six, seven, eight years, that might be a little more understandable because... I mean, but just think of her life, seriously. She had 23 years with a cat, all those years with her sister, and that's all she ever had. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that has to be, you know, so devastating to lose those two people or cat. But that's that's really that's really heartbreaking. It really is. It is. So now we're going to fast I forward. Go, I want to go pay respects. Well, we can do that if we go to Charleston. We should do that. That it, would actually be kind of cool. I would like to do that. All right. Real quick. We're going to move to the 1970s, but before we do, we need to take a quick break for our sponsor. Hey guys, I cannot believe it is 2021 right now. First of all, I never thought that I'd ever be able to say goodbye to 2020. It was like the year that never ended. But I'm actually feeling really hopeful about this new year because I've been talking this through with my therapist and they have really been helping me to be grateful for all that I have in my life. Guys, I love having somebody that I can talk to about these kind of things. We are always telling you to seek help, to talk to somebody. That could be a friend, neighbor, whatever the case is. But when you've got somebody who is professionally trained, nothing 
tops that. And I'm just being as completely honest as I can. And that's what we got with Talkspace. Talkspace lets you send and receive unlimited messages with your dedicated therapist and a Talkspace platform 24 hours a day, seven days a week. With Talkspace, you can set goals with your therapist and they hold you accountable and make sure that you're really progressing. Therapy can really help you shift your perspective and kind of find the tools to cope in difficult times and really be a guiding light. Some things that I particularly like about Talkspace is, first of all, their therapist network. Talkspace is thousands of licensed therapists with years of experience in over 40 different specialties, including depression, anxiety, substance abuse, trauma, anger management, relationship issues, food and eating disorders, and so much more. So here's what we're going to do. My therapist gave me practical guidance that really changed my life for the better. And I'm so glad that I found Talkspace and got the support that I needed. And you guys can too. As a listener of this podcast, you'll get $100 off your first month with Talkspace. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com or you can download the app. Make sure to use the code HILLBILLY to get $100 off your first month and show some support for this show. That's HillbillyandTalkspace.com. All right, so we're in the 70s, 1970s. And remember, we, we made a big deal about when this house was first built. It was like single-family residential neighborhood. So it was mm-hmm. like something that was kind of state-of-the-art at the time. Well, now, this residential homes that were in this neighborhood are starting to get hit with a wave of several of them being tr- transformed over to commercial properties. Mm-hmm. Many became retail shops and restaurants. Now, this would be the case for Zoe and Liz's former home as well. Bobby Ball had a dream of opening a small restaurant. She moved from West Virginia to Charleston, South Carolina, and she took a job as a court reporter to slowly start working on her dream. She bought the home at 72 Queen Street, and she started renovating it into the most perfect restaurant that she possibly could. One day, Bobby had a surprise guest. It was an adorable little dog. What kind of dog? It was a Wheaton Terrier, to be exact. Oh, love. So the dog was astray, and it, it often wandered around the neighborhood. And apparently, the porch of this newly purchased home of hers was one of its favorite spots to rest at. Lucky. As the home was undergoing renovations, the wiry-haired white little dog started showing up almost every single day, hoping that the workmen would give him some food. I sure would have fed him. Bobby named him Pugin. Pugin. I don't know where that came from. She decided to name the restaurant Pugin's Porch because the workers would always say that that wasn't their porch, it was Pugin's Porch. Well, now how, that's really pretty smart. I like that. Pugin served as the official restaurant greeter there from the restaurant's opening in 1976 until he passed away in 1979. I only had three more years? Yeah. Well, we don't know how old he was when he started. Pugin is buried near the porch with a nice little plaque in honor of him. You can well, you visit the restaurant. Sweet. You can stop by and see him. I see it. Some say that on occasion you can see the ghost of the dog still hanging around the restaurant, and we'll have a little bit of stories about that later on. How fun! Pugin may have his name on it, but the restaurant has a more well-known spirit living there. Ooh. You've probably already guessed that one. Pookin's yep. poop. Kurt Cobain. Are you serious? No, it's Zoe. Why would it be Kurt Cobain? Oh, hell, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we spent, he went back spent in time. 10 minutes talking about Zoe. And <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
Staff members as well as guests have seen the ghost of Zoe wandering around the house. So let's start with some stories from the staff. The owner herself, Bobby Ball, has had experience or two with Zoe. She remembers at a very specific time, it was one evening, she was about to close the restaurant down and she was getting ready to set the alarm when one of the wooden stools fell over to the ground. Then the door started opening and slamming violently. Little Zoe did that? I guess. I could see how that might be memorable. She said it was memorable. Well, I'm jealous because now Zoe can hang out with Pugin. Possibly. That'd be fun. Another situation had her daytime chef had an encounter. It was early and the chef was making coffee. He poured himself a cup and there was a knock on the door and it was the produce delivery, which he knew that's who that, that was, was going to be. Yeah, I expected it. He set his cup down on a stool. He went to answer the door. When he gets back, there's no cup there. He's confused. He started questioning whether or not he even actually poured a cup of coffee because it was <laughs> early and good lord, I've you know, been there. I've done still that kind of out of it. Yeah. So he goes and he pours himself another cup of coffee. And when he comes back to the table, there's the other cup sitting on the stool where he'd already looked and verified that it was not there before that. But was there coffee still in it? Yes, there was. But oddly enough, there will be a situation later that's a little closer to uh, that observation. Oh. Late one night, a member of the cleaning crew was getting some work done and uh, she couldn't shake the feeling that she was being watched and distinctly felt like someone was behind her. She took a little short break because she was freaked out. When she got back to cleaning, she happened to look into the mirror and screamed because it was not her reflection that she oh. saw. <laughs> it was a very frail old woman with black wire-rimmed glasses and her hair in a bun. <gasps> it was her sister! I mean, no, it was Zoe. It was Zoe. Sorry. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm getting excited. I don't know. After the scream, the reflection disappeared. I like this story. This is a story about a pastry chef that works overnight. She was listening to some of her music. She was jamming out as she worked. But she heard some kind of major ruckus going on upstairs, even over the radio. So she decided that, you know, I need to go check it out, even though I'm freaked out. I'm going to go see what's going on. She went to check things out and she looked at the entire upstairs, but couldn't find anything that would have made the amount of noise that she heard. She goes back downstairs, starts working. She cranks up the radio again. And after a few songs, one of her favorites comes on the radio. So doing like most of us would do, she's in there by herself. She starts singing, kind of dancing a little bit. I wonder what it was. I don't know. Then she hears... Someone start to sing along with her. They're singing with her. Oh, harmonizing. And, yeah. Yeah, and she's like, well, this has to be a co-worker, obviously. Right. And now she's thinking, this is the person who did all this. It's a prank mm-hmm. by a co-worker. But she turns around, and there is nobody there. She's all alone. Plus, she starts thinking that the alarm was set, so nobody could have came yeah. in Unless they worked at the restaurant, they would have, you know, so that she knows nobody's in there right now because it would have had to have been an employee to come in and she doesn't see anybody. 
So she knows there's no employees there, and she knows nobody broke in. Well, I mean, at least she realizes they had good taste in music, right? <laughs> I guess. She looks through the whole restaurant, and she just says, you know, I guess it just had to be Zoe, which is kind of surprising when you think about it, because I've described her okay. already. She doesn't, not, doesn't really seem like the karaoke type. Yeah. <laughs> so. She's in the afterlife now. I she think likes the party. I think it's funny that Zoe is way more social in the afterlife than she was when she was alive, if it is Zoe. Yeah. Which people were seeing her, so. Right. Well, hey, you've got to get wild sometime or another. You don't even have to be at the restaurant to have a Zoe sighting. Guests that are staying at the Mills House Hotel across the street from the restaurant have seen glimpses of Zoe, mainly in the upstairs window of the restaurant. Remember we said earlier, sometimes she would yell out to people from the second floor window. Guests at a hotel have made numerous calls to police to report a woman dressed in all black desperately slamming herself into the window like she was trying to escape from the restaurant. When police arrive, they go check out the entire restaurant. The building is always empty and the alarm is still set. Man. So let's talk about... That's got to hurt after a while. Huh? That's got to hurt after a while. No, you would think. Let's talk about a few other experiences. This one involves a guest, ironically enough, named Elizabeth. Her friends gave her the choice of where she wanted to go out for her birthday dinner, and she chose Pugin's Porch. But you probably already know that, or we wouldn't even be talking about her. Well, yeah. So there you go. I wonder what kind of food they had. They have good southern food. Southern? Like yes. home cooking? Yep. So they were going to be going on a ghost tour afterwards, so she wanted to eat at a haunted restaurant. And she knew Pugin's history, so her friends said, hey, let's all go there. We'll have a great dinner. We'll go on a ghost hunt afterwards. It'd be fun. So while they're sitting there in this corner, Elizabeth pulls out a ghost radar app. So this is fairly recent. She pulls it out on her phone, the radar app, and she starts seeing what's going on. And she's like, oh, man, there is literally spirits all around us. Well, about this time, the server noticed that she had a ghost app out. And she proceeded to tell the group about an orb that she had seen before right there in the corner where they're sitting. So, everybody was kind of excited about Yeah, that. I would be too. Here's a couple other stories that I found interesting. This is on a busy Friday in the summer of 1995. There was a 22-year-old student by the name of Maria Castillo, and she was working as the hostess that night. So, mm-hmm. she's up at the hostess stand at the front of the restaurant. It was a little after midnight, and the last guest had just exited the building. Maria still had about two hours with the closed-down procedures and stuff to do, but... She knew that pretty much all the people were gone, so she didn't have to worry about that part of it anymore. So she's finishing some of her clothes down stuff, and behind her, she hears the restaurant door slowly open. One thing to remember in this story is this was an extremely hot evening. And for that whole night, basically, whenever that door would open, hot air would rush in. Yeah. And... It would be noticeably warm, you know, even with the air conditioner. That hot air hits you, you just know. Mm-hmm. Not this time, though. This time, when the door opened, the air was cold. So she looks toward the door. She didn't see anyone. She walked slowly towards the entrance, creeped out by the door opening and the cold air. The door was standing open, so she closed it. 
she looked at the at the bottom pane of the glass on on the left hand side and she said usually this would have condensation on it from the air conditioning inside and the hot air outside it's just naturally you get that condensation this time though that whole window pane was frosted over what should have been impossible yeah so she looks higher up in the window and she screams because there was a reflection of an old woman with glasses and a black dress standing right behind her. She's embarrassed. She quickly turns around to greet her guest. <laughs> the woman turned away from her, though, and she silently walked down the hall and entered the back dining room. So Maria knew that the staff would be pissed off if she even thought about sitting a new customer, considering the fact that it was after closing time. So she went down to the dining room to politely let the customer know that they were closed. Maria saw that the woman had seated herself. So the old woman was just looking down at her hands. Maria walked up to her and said, Your server will be with you soon. Would you like to order something to drink? The woman slowly raised her head, smiled, and disappeared. Oh, wow. Okay, so the thing that I'm most amazed by is that she was still going to sit this lady down to eat, even after they were closed. Well, she was probably scared to death. Well, she didn't realize this was a ghost. She thought she was a real person, and she walked over and said, your server will be with you in a minute. Well, that's very true. That took some balls, that's for sure. Here's another story. This is from the winter of 1997. Weather apparently was really bad. Six elderly women took the ghost of Charleston walking tour, right? Yeah. Why? If the, if the weather's bad and it's the wintertime, why are you taking I mean, a I don't wanna, walking I don't, tour? I don't know. I'm surprised they were doing it. But they did. And the group ducked into Pugins to kind of get out of the weather for a little bit. And before the guide could even start talking, I wonder if it was Mike Brown. Because, you know, he owns, from Police and Terrors, he owns a, a walking tour company in Charleston. Oh, I don't know. We this, need to I, ask him about that. I don't that. know if he had, had it back then, though, because this was, what, not, what I say, 97? 97. Yeah. Anyway, so before the guide could even start talking... One of the women pointed out a black and white picture from the 1940s hanging on the wall. And the picture was of two elderly women. One woman wore a comfortably colored light dress and the other a black corset and shawl. The woman that was in the crowd said, hey, that's Zoe Cinnamon. And the guide corrected her. No, no, ma'am. That's Zoe St. Amon. And the lady snapped back at him. No, son. Zoe Cinnamon is what we called her when she taught us in grade school at the craft school in the 1920s. Oh, wow. This lady was one of her students. Get who was out of here. So he was amazed. So he started asking her for, you know, some stories and stuff. She said that Zoe was very stern. And she made, she was so stern, in fact, that she made them cut the erasers off their pencils the very first day of school so they wouldn't be tempted to make mistakes. What in the world? You know, how amazing is that just to be that student, to look up there and see that picture? That is so cool. Here's the last Zoe story. You remember we talking about Bobby, the owner. Well, her her father-in-law, Charles Ball, used to do some work around the restaurant after hours. Mm -hmm. So obviously it's hard to do some of this stuff during lunchtime and dinner. Oh, yeah, sure. He'd do it after hours. So during the holiday season of 1991, he came into the restaurant. It was around 2 a.m., He brought a cup of coffee and some carpentry tools. He put all of his tools and everything near the main staircase, and he began to fix a loose banister. 
he suddenly heard pots and pans in the kitchen. They started smashing together for about 15 seconds. Mm -hmm. And he was a little bit freaked out, but he ran into the kitchen to see what had happened. And then nothing looked out of place whatsoever. He still could hear this noise ringing in his head. It was how loud it was. Mm -hmm. So he's amazed that he couldn't find any cause for it. So he was shaken. He made his way back to the tools at the stairs. He grabbed his cup of coffee, but it was empty. <laughs> the cup was empty. <laughs> then he noticed pale lipstick around the room. <gasps> My girl. He grabbed his tools and quickly exited the restaurant. So, and oh. said he would do any more work that he needed to do during, during, during you know, business, their business oh. <laughs> hours. All right. So last but not least, we, we have to discuss some Pugin sightings. Like most dogs, Pugin appears to be drawn to children. He's actually been felt frolicking under the tables, rubbing up against children's dangling legs. Oh my gosh. How sweet is that? Yeah. Sometimes you can actually hear his little paws walking around the wooden floors in there. <laughs> Pugin has been part of the restaurant's culture from the time that the doors opened up. And his picture now is still hanging on the walls. I love it. I love that. I love dogs. I love so, animals. So what do you think about the whole Zoe? I wonder why her sister doesn't show up there. Do you? You know, I, I really don't know. Maybe, well. I mean, wouldn't you think that they would probably hang in the afterlife just like they think, did? You would think, unless... I mean, I wouldn't. I don't think she had bad memories of the place. Maybe she's sick of her. Maybe she's... I mean, she could be like, "Get off my nuts, man! Go on your way. I'm gonna go mine." You know? <laughs> could be. Could well, be. Well, no, that's that's a pretty interesting question because, I mean, that's I don't know why. If they haven't done it yet, maybe we could get this done for them. We should get Heidi to draw a picture of her and Pugin like together. Yes. And then give it to them. And then they could hang it on the wall. Wouldn't that be That would be awesome. That, that would be, be pretty cool. Yeah. But, yeah. So, I, I think the story is fascinating. I like the idea. Yes, of, I do too. Uh, but I, the thing that worries me about it is the the people across the street that see it said it's like she's fighting to get out of there. Yeah. That's that's a little unnerving. I don't know. Maybe the uh, Liz... Maybe she found her parents and decided to hang with them for a while. That's possible, too. Do you too. know what I'm saying? So. I, I just don't know if Zoe just is there because she likes it so much why she would be fighting to get out sometimes. I don't know. Yeah, that's disturbing. No, I don't know either, babe. All right. Well, let's take a really quick break from our sponsor, and then we'll be back to tell you about all these fun shows we got set up. Woohoo! All right, Tracy, so here's what we've got. St. Augustine. That is September, is it 18th? Yes. September 18th, St. Augustine. We have a weekend of fun. And we've already sold, we only got 60 tickets available. We've already sold 10. I know. Isn't that exciting? That's, yeah. I was, you know, for something that was eight months away, I was kind of surprised. This place is awesome. Go check it it's out. so pretty. Yeah. Go to our website. Go to the live events page. We've got all these live events up there, so you don't have to remember everything we're saying. But you can click on them, get a good description. I've got the website to the place where you can stay. I've got price list. They've got rooms, if you stay for two days, on the beach, starting, studios, starting at, at like 91 bucks a night. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. 
You guys, come on, buy some tickets. We want to. But hang. we're gonna do. I know Diane from History Goes Bump, yes. who's going to be with us at that show. Excited. She's checking on trying to get us a group rate for St. Augustine. We're going to go on tours of St. Augustine Lighthouse mm-hmm. uh, the night before that Friday night. Mm-hmm. And, but she's working on trying to get us a, a, a where our whole group could just be together for a personalized tour. I think that's amazing. So we'll work on that. She's got her expertise down there at St. Augustine Lighthouse, so maybe mm-hmm. she can pull some strings. And then Sunday, we're all going to go to the old jail, which Tracy and I went to last year. It's awesome. That place is, yeah. that place is crazy. So we're literally going to have, if you want it, there's going to be like three days worth of stuff you can do there. But if you call the, the, the place to get a room, make sure you tell them you're with Hillbilly Horror Stories. Yes. Otherwise, they won't know yes. to give you the, the group rate and everything. So. I'm excited about that because that place is just beyond beautiful. I think uh, it's going to be a great time, well needed for everybody to yep. go and just hang out. And, and we, have a good you time. know, obviously we'll deal with COVID if COVID is an issue in our, in, in uh, September. But we scheduled these out to where we figure that maybe by then everybody's got the vaccine and everything. That's what we're hoping for. We'll make adjustments if we need to. Right. Now, next show, we have set up Bobby Mackey's mm-hmm. once again, it's on a Sunday, the 24th of October. So you're right before Halloween. So that'll be fun. Only 50 tickets available. And some of those have already sold because mm-hmm. we've released that uh, Friday night and they've already sold a couple of them. It's going to be like it was last year. It's going to come with a tour. Yep. So you'll get us, you'll get the, uh, the young ladies from gatekeeper paranormal telling you some history of the place. And then they're going to take you on an hour tour. It's fun fun times guys you're gonna love it now the next thing going on it's going to be a busy week for us we're, we're setting up a show for a tuesday night it'd be a small intimate 20 or 30 person just tracy and i just a dinner and us doing a show it'd be like a two-hour thing uh we're, we're still in the process of setting it up it'll be on a tuesday night the 12th of october in memphis we're still working the final details out apparently restaurants get busy on valentine's day weekend so they have a hard time getting back with you Oh, so yeah. we've had a lot of people tell us that they just can't even work numbers up this weekend. So yeah, that's fine. Co- but in the next couple of days, we'll probably have yeah. that set up. Uh, Dallas, Fort Worth area, we will be doing on Saturday, October 15th. I'm um, 16th. I'm sorry. It's Saturday, October 16th. Still trying to get the location set up for that one. But that's going to happen. That'll be us and Leslie Fear from Because I Want to Know. Now, this one is set up. This one is ready to buy tickets for. Matter of fact, we've already sold four tickets to it. Hillbilly Horror Stories and Justin Rimmel from Serious Circumstances in Galveston, Texas. Man, we are going to be, the whole month, we're going to be. Yeah, we're doing Galveston the night before Dallas. So we're, we're going to spend the night in Galveston and drive four hours to Dallas the next day and then do that show. So fun, fun, crazy? fun. Yeah. And Tuesday is the same week. So we'll do Tuesday in Memphis, Friday in Galveston, Saturday in, in uh, Dallas, Fort Worth area. That show's probably going to be Fort Worth. So, well, I'm excited and ready to do it. But three of those shows are up on the website, ready to buy tickets for. That's the St. Augustine show, the Galveston show, and Bobby Mackey's. And then, like I said, within a couple of days, we will probably have the other two up and finalized. Sounds so, good to me, man. Gonna be fun. Tracy, what do you got for us over there as far as uh, Patreon and iTunes? Alrighty, our iTunes this week is Kay Cummins, Mojo Lobster, and Jen Jelly. Thank you guys so much for, you know what? I don't think it's jelly. I think it's gelly. G-E-L-L. What do you think? I don't know. Well, Jan, I'm sorry if I mispronounced it, honey. Uh, thank you guys so much for your awesome reviews. It means a lot to us. And our Patreons this week are Ashley Gonzalez, 
and Red Spectre 221. Thank you guys so much for your support. We love you all, and it means the world to us. And thank you guys for hanging with us. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Was there anything else that we needed to mention? Did we cover all the shout-outs and everything? Uh, no, we did not. The com- candle company. Yes. We need to do that. Let's talk about our favorite candle company right now. <laughs> Which has got a funny story. Go ahead. <laughs> it's L. Wanger's Candle Company, which they smell a freaking amazing. They and L. L. Wanger's so... is all one word. Yeah. These candles smell amazing and are <laughs> they're really good stuff. So you guys should check it out. So <laughs> I want to say all the good things about the candle because I don't want people to get confused. So we've been hearing this noise <laughs> and... Sounds kind of like raindrops okay. on a window or something well, like that. Well, it does, but it kind of all starts from something that happened this morning. Well, yesterday I told Jerry, I said, I keep hearing this noise in the garage. And I it seems like it's around the furnace or something like that. Well, he heard it today. And then this morning when we woke up, he's like, I don't want to freak you out, but we maybe have a mouse. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm done freaked out because that's it. We're yeah, that's a major problem for Tracy. Yes. For me, not so much, but for her, oh it's, it's burning the house like, down. Oh, no. He goes, but it may not be anything. It may just be, you know, and I was like, well, have you seen any, you know, droppings or anything like that? He said, no, I haven't seen any droppings. He said, but to be on the safe side, we're going to go, we're, it's going <laughs> to go to the store today. And he goes, I want to get a trap. And I was like, well, okay, whatever. We go to Kroger. <laughs> And he finds the biggest <laughs> ass rat trap I've ever seen in my life. This thing is like huge. Well, it was the only one they had, so it's not like I seeked it out. And I was like, I don't even want to take us to the checkout. This is embarrassing. <laughs> well, I'll be dang. The cashier picks up the rat trap, holds it up. <laughs> Can I get a price on this big ass rat trap? And they're like, what are you trying to catch with this thing? I was so embarrassed. I, and Jerry's just busting a gut laughing because he none knew. I was thinking I didn't even want to take it up there, so it was so embarrassing. Well, anyway, we got past all that. So we're sitting up here recording, and I keep hearing this noise. And I know for a fact it's not Freddy because I saw him go in the closet. And I know it's not Ninja because he came from out of the hallway. So we stopped recording. I'm like, Jerry, what is that noise? And I'm like, he looked at me, and I'm like, oh, my God, no. So I said, it sounds like it's coming from the end of the bed over here, the the futon or whatever it is. And he gets up, pulls all the covers up, and looks there. He goes, I don't see anything. He goes, I hear it. <laughs> and I, I pull the window up. I said, well, it's not raining or anything outside. And all of a sudden, we both looked over, and it was that candle. It's yeah. a It's a, what is it called? A wooden... A woodwick. A woodwick. <laughs> <laughs> so it's got that little crackling sound, which is cool, but for some reason, we didn't put two and two oh, together. Oh, my gosh. And what a relief. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> But it was just so funny because we didn't even realize that it was the candle making that noise, which, like I said, thank God that's what it was. But anyway. Yeah. She's got, they're a new company. Go support them. They have a very nice product and they're very appreciative of any business you can oh, give them. And if you go to. smell so good. And it's, I mean, it's like, you know how you get some candles and you just don't smell it? Yeah. These are really strong. These are, not, and they're not overpowering, but they're just good enough where you can smell it. And man, they smell good. And they have different themes. Like the the one we've got in here right now is called the Blood Moon. It's kind of mm-hmm. a citrusy smell. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the one that we've got in our bedroom, which she told me what it was the other day, and I never would have guessed this because it's like my new favorite smell. It's got a good crisp wintery smell, but it's called uh, New Year Same BS. 
<laughs> New Year, same BS. But she's got one that she told me the other day that I haven't smelt this one yet, but she said it's got a ghost theme to it. So they're fun, but go to our website and on, on our front page, you'll see their logo and just click on it to take you right to their website and you can see everything. Yeah, they do candles out. and melts and all kinds of yeah, other stuff. Really good stuff. I'm just, I'm really pleased with it. So, all right, guys, thank you so much. We appreciate it. We love you guys and we'll talk to you soon. We love you guys and hope you have a blessed week and, uh, we're all supposed to get all this big honking snow, so. Not all of us. Yes, we are. Not all of us. If you're if they're listening in Washington, they're probably oh, not well, getting it. If they're listening in California, they're okay, probably not getting it. Okay, everybody in Kentucky, let me just say that. Well. We're supposed to get like 14 and 15 inches. You want to know something funny while she's saying that? What? Is we've got 20 of our top 20 cities. That's all they give us, our top 20. We have Louisville in our top 20 cities of listener base. And Lexington never makes it. So out of our top 20 cities, even though we're in Kentucky, we have one Kentucky city that ever shows up. Isn't that something? And in Louisville, it's usually like, sometimes it's like 17th out mm-hmm. of the 20. Well, anyway. But, but, uh, but Dallas and Houston are both in the top 10 all the time. I know. That's exciting. Which is why we're going to the Dallas and Houston area to do live shows. So if y'all get that good, big, fat, fluffy snow on the ground, make y'all some snow cream. It's the bomb. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys later. Bye, guys.